Thank you, Lord, and give you praise. I just feel like we ought to just lift up our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Just gather our praises unto him right now all across this building. Come on, just gather your praises. Hallelujah. Just gather your praises together from one side to the other, from front to back. Just ever, all in one accord and in one place. Come on, let's magnify the Lord together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. For He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> yes, glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We'll look into the word of the Lord tonight. We thank God for all that he did this morning in the presence of the Lord. God is good to his people. Thank the Lord for each and every one of you, the congregation of the righteous. Amen. I thank God for the church. I thank God for the born-again believers who have been called out of darkness. Amen. Called into his marvelous light. Who show forth his praises. I thank you for your example. I thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for all those who labored this morning in children's ministry. And who do so on a weekly basis many times. We thank God for you, the great ministry of our children. Our children are going to nationals, our junior Bible quiz team, beginner Bible quiz team, going to nationals. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And we'll be celebrating that more, but we just give God the praise for that. This, these young people have, have committed the word of God, amen, to memory and to their hearts. And uh, we thank the Lord for them, and, and we're behind them 100%. And uh, you never know where that word is going to go. Praise the Lord. But you know it's not going to return void. You do know that. Amen. You, amen. And uh, I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's so good to see Brother Shelley here tonight. God bless you, sir. God bless you. So good to see Brother and Sister Shelley. Amen. These are the parents to Brother Brian Shelley, grandparents to Brother Tyler Shelley. Amen. And of course, we thank the Lord for all that are here tonight. I'll invite your attention to the book of Judges and the fourth chapter. The book of Judges and the fourth chapter. I just want to read a few verses of Scripture in your hearing. And then we're going to endeavor to, to gain understanding from the Word of the Lord. Judges chapter 4 and verse 14. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, and 10,000 men, 10,000 men after him. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet but Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Herosheth of the Gentiles and all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man 
left. Howbeit, Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. He said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took an hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it to the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead. And the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. And I just want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on the subject, the milk, the hammer, and the nail. The milk, the hammer, and the nail. I know what two of them have in common. I'm not sure what they all three have in common. But that's all she had, the milk hammer and the nail Can we go to the Lord together in prayer Jesus we love you and thank you for blessing us with your presence daily in the morning in the noonday in the evening and through the night you bless us with your presence and I I give you praise today for your word I give you praise today for life and that more abundantly I pray oh God that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds and help us to grow and and help us to develop i pray lord your word will go forth with clarity with accuracy with boldness with love we give you praise for it and give you glory in jesus precious name and everybody said in jesus name amen and amen you may be seated in the name of the lord It's kind of a disturbing story. As I was reading it, you probably uh, gathered that. In fact, uh, might have even cringed a little bit. There's a lot of cringing that that goes on in the book of Judges. uh, As you read about these various accounts of deliverance. Deliverance wasn't always pretty. Deliverance involved quite a bit of hero- heroism, involved quite a bit of courage and bravery and, and faith in God. And, and many times it involved acts of valor. And, and unfortunately, it, it involved even destroying, destroying the enemy. And, uh, and these accounts in these Old Testament pages, the Bible says, are in samples unto us. And that they give us understanding, really, of how, of how we have to fight spiritual battles. 
And so we see very clearly in, in accounts of the scripture uh, where that God anointed various ones to enact a, a level of, I'll say again, valor, courage. We see the same type of, of dilemma that we face when we are encountering some type of an intrusive force of the enemy. For instance, when David found the children of Israel cowering back from a, a towering man, a giant, and they were afraid of him. Everybody from the king down was afraid of this man by the name of Goliath. And David said, why are you afraid of him? And they said, have you not seen him? Have you not, have you not been paying attention? And David said, well, the Lord my God is able to deliver us. I have experienced firsthand his delivering power, his mighty power. And I know my God is able to deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into our hands. And so David, uh, of course, as the, as the account unfolds, he, he, he marches out onto the battlefield without Saul's armor and didn't need it. And says, who is this that defies the armies of Israel? Uh, this, this, this giant looked at David and said, I will feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. I will make an example of you. And he said, am I a dog that you would send out this kid to fight with me? It's perhaps one of the most famous accounts in the Bible of, of how the people of God were under assault and God rose up in their defense. And it wasn't just in 1 Samuel that they were under assault, but they were under assault throughout the uh, pages of the Old Testament. The people of God were under assault. And I, I don't think that I have to convince you that you have an adversary. I, I feel like it could go without saying that, that, that you and I have an adversary who seeks to do harm to us, that would love to destroy our faith, that would love to deprive us of the blessings of the Lord in our life, that would love to remove from us the peace, the joy, the hope, the love that we can experience in the Lord. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the thief comes to do just that. He has come simply to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. And so we understand then that we have an enemy. The Bible describes this adversary as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Like, like he's on the prowl and he is hiding in places that you don't know. Uh, you, you think you're all alone. You're not all alone. Uh, you feel like it's safe to walk down the street, and, and little do you know, but you have an adversary that lurks behind the dark corners who's watching your habits and watching your patterns, observing the way you live and the decisions you make, and, and, and is forming weapons against you. You have an adversary. We, we see this illustrated in the life of Job when, when jo Satan walked with the sons of God into the, into the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said, what are you doing here? And, and Dave, the, the devil said, I am, I'm actually walking to and fro through the earth looking to, to devour somebody. 
And the Lord said, you know, there is somebody that, um, that you, you won't be able to overcome. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, well, I can only say that I know why I can't overcome him. You have placed hedges about him. But if you removed those hedges, I could destroy him. And he will curse you to your face. But, but that wasn't the case. He had a secured connection to God and God knew it. And it was, it was a, an illustration of the fact that there is an adversary that seeks to devour you, seeks to devour me. And, and that's his objective. And we see, it, we see it throughout the scriptures, whether it's the Philistines or the Amalekites or the Midianites or, or the Canaanites, uh, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites. I mean, they're all kind of ites all throughout the Old Testament trying to upend the people of God and God is continually having to come to the defense of his people and protect them from those who would do them harm and and that is what we're finding in this passage of scripture we find in this passage of scripture that this uh, man this this man by the name of uh, Sisera who was a captain of the host of Canaan, the king of Canaan, Jabin, had hired Sisera to be the captain of his hosts. And, and the Canaanites were waging war against the children of Israel. Now you have to understand, the children of Israel had no king. You know, they were, they were at a disadvantage. They had judges, but they did not have kings. That's why we're reading from the book of Judges, because the rulership over the children of Israel at that time were... They were judges, and they would rise up and provide sound judgment. And the, the leadership was very organic, and it just kind of developed. Uh, some might even call it a vacuum, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a king that was in charge. It was, it was a, a prophet or a deliverer or a, a judge that would step into a leadership capacity. And in this case, the Canaanites... We're waging war against the people of Israel. And, and Israel would fall back. They would backslide into the hands of the enemy. And they would cease doing what the Lord had commanded them to do. They would walk away from righteousness and step into unrighteousness. And, and then a generation would pass where they would be in captivity. And, and, and what we saw in the middle of the 20th century of the, uh, the Holocaust of the Jewish people, that was something that had been tried time and again throughout the Old Testament. So many times did the people of God come under assault of the adversary and of their enemy, uh, seeking to destroy them, seeking to, to remove them off the face of the earth. And that's what happened here with the Canaanites. But the Lord raised up a judge by the name of Deborah, and she had the mind of God. And she would prophesy and she would speak the word of the Lord. And she spoke it to a great warrior by the name of Barak. Barak, as we read in Judges 4, had 10,000 men trained, ready to fight. Sisera, the captain of the Canaanites. And as he did, uh, he, he, he descended upon uh, the Canaanites, and fought them. The Bible says with the edge of the sword. Now what you're going to find in this, in this account 
we're going to find, and it's all throughout the book of Judges, a lot of, a lot of symbolism uh, that, that emerges reflective of how we not only are faced with a spiritual adversary, but how we can win spiritual battles. And so you'll see, for instance, in this statement that Barak descended upon the Canaanites and, and discomfited them with the edge of the sword. The sword in the scriptures, on, uh, in spiritual terms, is, is, of course, not a natural sword, but, but we understand that it is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6 says, "...to take unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." In the book of Revelation... There is literally a sword coming out of the mouth of he who is faithful and riding upon a white horse. And that sword is double-edged. And it is the word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So when you see the people of God winning a victory in the Old Testament under the law with the edge of the sword, it is a type, a shadow, it is a symbol and example unto us who fight spiritual battles to understand that we will win the victory through the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And, and, and our, our victory, listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We do not win our victories through the edge of a natural sword. We win our victories through the edge of a spiritual sword. We win our victories through the edge of the Word of God. I believe we need to be on the cutting edge of the Word of God. I believe we need to have a fresh Word from God every morning. Don't depend on what you had last week. Don't depend on what you received a month ago. But God is right. He's real. He's righteous. He's powerful. Every morning, His mercies are brand new. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Not the joy from yesterday, but a new joy, a fresh joy, a real joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. Get on the cutting edge of the word of the Lord and let God minister a new and a fresh and a vibrant word to your soul. And he'll give you victory over your enemies. Hallelujah. And so Canaan descended upon, upon or pardon me, Barak descended upon uh, Canaan and they smote them with the edge of the sword and there was not a man left of the Canaanite army. How be it, the Bible says, how be it. Sisera fled away. So Sisera was the captain. And this is oftentimes what happens in a spiritual battle. We use the sword to win enough of a battle that we feel comfortable again. Only to see the captain of our adversary flee away on foot. And when he flees away on foot... He escapes from us and reorganizes the army that we just overcame and comes back against us with better strategies and stronger armies and more capable, more capable uh, directives. And we find ourselves at a loss because we didn't finish the job. Yeah. 
So many times we'll come down to the altar and we'll cry and we'll repent and we'll give God our all and give him our heart and we have scattered the enemy and we have used the edge of the sword to destroy many of the footmen, spiritually speaking, that have come against us. But the enemy, the captain, the root of the issue, the real principality that we're dealing with has fled away on foot. And is escaping our grasp in order to reorganize itself and come back stronger than it was before. And we thought we won that battle. And we thought we had overcome that adversary. And we thought we laid that thing back a long time ago only to see it resurface in our life. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough just to scatter the enemy. It's not enough just to destroy footmen of the enemy. It's not enough just to overcome armies of the enemy. You have to go to the source of that thing you have to go against the principality of that thing you have to subdue in the name of the Lord the captain of the enemy's host hallelujah I've seen people I've seen people get victory over fear and 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 not get victory over what's causing the fear I've seen people get victory over a temptation but not get victory over the thing that causes the temptation and so they get enough victory that they feel comfortable and that, that, that edge is removed and now they, they don't feel the urgency to pray. They don't feel the urgency. They don't feel conviction. They don't really feel like they need to, to rely on God because things have kind of normalized again. So now look, I can take a break from praying. I can take a break from worship. I can take a break from really living my life like Jesus could come back at any moment. And so the enemy reorganizes, resurfaces, and comes back stronger. And that's what was about to happen in this passage of Scripture. Sisera fled away on foot. Barak is searching for him. Barak is not messing around. He understands the way the enemy works. And it's time that children of God stop messing around and understand how the enemy works. The scripture tells us, be not ignorant of the devil's devices. Understand that when he flees away on foot, he's just trying to reorganize himself and come back at you with a greater vengeance. Don't stop. Take it all the way till you destroy the foe, till you destroy the adversary, till you have subdued the principality, till you have put it all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Sisera finds himself at a familiar house. A woman by the name of Jael, who was a wife to a, a guy by the name of Heber, Heber the Kenite. Heber the Kenite had a wife named Jael. And, and Jael uh, understood who Sisera was. Sisera understood who Jael and Heber were. And there was peace between Jabin the king of Canaan. And the house of Heber the Kenite. And I want, you to, I want you just to follow me for just a moment here. Because Jabin the king of Canaan represents the systems of the world. It represents the ways of the enemy. It represents the ways of our adversary. And here this man by the name of Heber the Kenite was at peace with the adversary. Heber the Kenite was, was welcoming of the adversary into his home. The adversary knew that Heber the Kenite's house 
was a safe place. God forbid that the saints of God would be in, in league with the enemy of your soul to where he feels at home in your house, to where he knows he has a lodging place in your quarters. He needs to avoid your house like the death angel avoided those homes that had the blood of the lamb painted over them. I need to preach it to you. I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're listening to. I don't know what you're engaging in and what you're entertaining yourself with. But don't let it be anything that's in league with the enemy of your soul. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Abstain from all appearance of evil. In the name of the Lord, you need to not be in league with the adversary of your soul. Heber the Kenite was in league with his adversary. And Jael, his wife, knew that. As she walked out of the house, saw Sisera, the enemy, the principality, understood that as long as Sisera is alive, we do not have the victory in hand. As long as Sisera is on foot, we don't have the victory like we need to have the victory. There's some folks who, who have scattered the enemy and they think they have the victory. You don't have the victory. That's why you keep falling. That's why you keep stumbling. I mean, it's like, it's like gymnastics. You're just somersaulting and cartwheeling and you can't figure out what in the world's going on. It's because you haven't really got the victory. You have scattered the enemy, but the principality is dancing around the perimeter, finding safe places in your life in which he can lodge himself. Places where you've welcomed the adversary into your mind. Places where you've welcomed the adversary into your relationships. Places where you have welcomed the adversary in how you think about the person next to you places where you've welcomed the adversary into your world and as long as the adversary is alive in your life you don't quite have the victory in hand but God wants to give you the victory I said God wants to give you the victory he wants to give you the victory hallelujah he wants to give you sweet deliverance he wants to break every chain off of you he wants to give you hallelujah the ability to walk with confidence in the things of God he wants to give you the ability to know that his grace is sufficient that his blood has the power that his word is true I said that is word is true is there anybody who wants the victory tonight is there anybody who wants deliverance in the Holy Ghost is there anybody who wants to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage oh hallelujah too many saints of God stand fast in the liberty for a little while and then are entangled again in the yoke of bondage that the blood of Jesus delivered them from. You look at these books of these, these accounts of the book of Judges and one generation after another, there's victory for a, a short while. And then they fall back into the hands of an enemy. When a judge dies, they go right back. They backslide into what their parents were delivered from. 
And another judge dies and they fall back into the hands of an enemy that their parents were delivered from. And they fall into the hands again after another judge dies. It happens over and over and over in the book of Judges. God forbid in the name of Jesus, let it not be so named at Tree of Life Church. Don't any of you fall back into the hands of the adversary that your parents were was delivered from, that your parents were set free from. We are a one God apostolic Jesus name, tongue talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven bound, believing in the liberating power of Jesus name church. And we're not going to backslide into any false doctrine that our parents or our grandparents or our great grandparents were delivered from. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He paid it all upon the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. And to be in fellowship with him, one must repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you hear what I'm telling you. He didn't save you to be part of the world. He saved you to be part of his church. He saved you to be part of his bride. Without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the lamb. To present to himself a glorious church. Holy, righteous, separated unto the Lord. You hear what I'm preaching to you? Is There's no shame in being separated unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give praise unto God with all of our heart our mind our soul and our body present your bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord hallelujah don't be like Israel that just fell back because one deliverer died because one preacher died because one patriarch died And then they fall back into the sin that their parents were so beautifully delivered from by the hand of God. But live for Jesus. Live for Jesus when every elder in this building has passed on to glory. Keep living for Jesus. And don't live for Jesus in the way that this world would describe living for Jesus. Really live for Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't live for Jesus in a way that a false prophet who wants your money would, 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 would tell you to live for Jesus. But live for Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy. And, 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 and if everybody else turns their back on him, don't you turn your back on him. You look to him in all of your ways. Look to him in every decision that you make. Make him your Lord. Make him your God. Make him your king. Make him the king of all kings. Make him the Lord of all lords. Make him your savior. Hallelujah. Let him, let him be your God and your guide. Let him order your steps in his word. Walk with him all the days of your life. Are you hearing me? Walk with him all the days of your life. Glory. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't come into league with the adversary of your soul. 
Don't, don't, don't tie in to him. He should never feel at home in your house. He should never feel at home in the company of your family. Watch. Be a watchman on the wall. Look for him trying to enter into the conversation. Look for him trying to enter into the way that you conduct yourselves as a family. Look for ways that he's trying to infiltrate your marriage. Look for ways that he's trying to infiltrate your peace of mind. Your commitment to the doctrines of the word of God. Hallelujah. Don't let him put a root of bitterness inside of you. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy get comfortable in your home. Don't let him get comfortable in your mind. Don't let him get comfortable in your spirit. Don't let him get comfortable in your soul. Don't let him do it. Hallelujah. Talk about Jesus while you're sitting in your home. Hallelujah. While you're sitting in your chair. Say it. Say it. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And him only shalt thou serve. Thou shalt love him with all your heart and all your mind. And all your soul and all your strength. Before you go to bed. Say it again. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And him only shalt thou serve. You shall love him with all your heart. And all your mind. And all your soul. And all your strength. Painted upon the doorposts of your home. Write it upon the mantle and let everybody know that this house is dedicated unto the Lord. You don't have to be holier than thou, but you do have to be public. And let them know, as for me and my house, I know nobody else at this family reunion may think like me, but that's y'all's business. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, tell you something if we're going to heal the nations the way we're going to heal the nations is by us each of us coming to an understanding as for me and my house the adversary is not welcome the adversary is not welcome in my mind the adversary is not welcome in my home the adversary is not welcome in my entertainment choices as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord Hallelujah. JL said, Sisera, come on in. She had a plan. He was already welcome. Her husband made him welcome. But she had a plan. Now, she wasn't, she wasn't like, there's no evidence, I mean, except for what she ended up doing. I don't know, she might have been a ninja for all we know. I don't have no clue. This woman was something. Ah, word goodness and she she said she had a plan she just said uh here you want something to drink and he was like yeah I'm real thirsty I could use some water she said oh I got some water for you and so JL goes to the refrigerator pulls out some milk and and pours it Deborah would later say in a lordly dish ah lord buttermilk she poured into a lordly dish 
Now listen, she wasn't like, apparently, I mean, unless she was a ninja, she wasn't like Barak's 10,000, 10,000 men. I mean, this dude had an army of 10,000 men who were trained with the sword, trained with the spear, trained with the slingshot, trained with the most cutting edge tools and weaponry of their day. They knew how to wage war, but they were not successful in killing Sisera. With all of their training, they still had not destroyed Sisera. With all of their efforts, And with all of their endeavors and with all of their weaponry, they still had not subdued the principality that had come against Israel. And now all of a sudden the principality shows up on JL's doorstep. And there's some folks sitting in this room right now that the principality has shown up on your doorstep. And this is a principality that has wreaked havoc upon on people, you've seen them for years struggle with it. You've seen them for years deal with it. And, and, and they, they, the armies, the great armies, the, the strongest of the strong, still were not able to destroy this principality. But J.L. said, you come on in because I've got some stuff inside this house. I don't have to have Saul's armor to do what I'm getting ready to do. I've got stuff inside this home. And let me just tell you, let me say something to the mothers in the house. You don't have to look outside the home to be able to wage an effective spiritual warfare. And let me say something to the fathers in the home. You don't have to look outside the home to wage an effective spiritual warfare. What happens inside the house will determine whether the principality lives or dies. I said what happens inside the house will determine whether the principality lives or dies. Now I'm glad you come to church and I'm glad you clap and I'm glad you sing and I'm glad you shout and I'm glad you serve and I'm glad you volunteer and all of that is important. But if we want to kill principalities, that's going to happen in the home. That's going to happen in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we can scatter the enemy here. But if we want to get down to the business of nailing things down, that's got to happen in a prayer room. That's got to happen. Hallelujah. Oh, you hear what I'm telling you? That's got to happen in devotion. That's got to happen in setting an example. That's got to happen in intercessory prayer and pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to become the greatest warrior of all to subdue a principality. You don't have to have more talent than all of Barak's 10,000 mighty men. You don't have to be able to use nunchucks and, and, and Chinese stars and, and be able to, you know what I'm saying? You, you, don't have to, you don't have to understand all of the all of the technical ways of waging modern warfare. You don't have to go graduate from West Point in order to wage an effective spiritual warfare. You just go get in the fridge and look for that milk. I said, look for the milk. I said, look for the milk. Peter said, as newborn babes, we desire the sincere milk of the word every victory 
you need is in the basics of the Word of God. Uh, hallelujah to subdue principalities you don't have to know who Melchizedek is you don't have to name every one of the 12 disciples it'd be great if you did you don't have to be able to name every single tribe of Israel it would be great if you could but when I talk about subduing principalities you just use the milk that God gave you in the beginning what you need is a childlike faith I said what you need is a childlike like faith. I know it sounds basic, but prayer still works. I said, I know it sounds basic, but prayer still works. Prayer still strikes the enemy through with a dagger. Pray, oh my God. I wish I could preach it like I feel it. <laughs> my God. My God, my God, my God. When was the last time you walked around your house giving God praise, giving God glory, dancing before the Lord with all your might in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the confusion, in the middle of the perplexity, in the middle of the fear? Give glory to God. It's not hard. It's basic. It's sincere milk of the word. It's still the name of Jesus. My God. We're still, we're trying to psychoanalyze things. Try to figure out why I feel the way I feel. Try to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Well, it's probably rooted in something that happened when they were two and their grandparents were four. You don't know why. And you'll never be able to figure out why. It's not, that's not where the victory is. The victory isn't understanding why. The victory is in the name of Jesus. The victory is in the blood of Jesus. The victory is in he's worthy to be praised. The victory is in he has all power. Oh Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and out of the mouth of sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. It's out of the mouth of babes who desire the sincere milk of the word. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to tell you where the power is. It's in believing that the blood still works. I'm going to tell you where the power is. It's in knowing that prayer still works. There's power in knowing, hallelujah, that worship is still a ladder that leads directly into the throne room of God. I'm going to tell you where the power is. The power is in knowing that this book has every answer I will ever need. There is nothing, nothing in my life that I will ever face that this word, you hear what I'm telling you, that this word does not address and does not give me direction. Hallelujah. This word will tell you everything you need to know. Everything you need to know is in the word of God. It's basic. It's simple. Open it up. Pray. Praise. Seek the face of God. Pray the word. Prophesy the word. And what what happens to the principality is the principality that once was raging. That principality that once was able to wield weapons in ways that terrified and horrified. But when you start putting the milk of the word against that adversary, the adversary starts to stumble and get a little groggy. Like that, like he just took NyQuil or something. He wants you to terrorize your neighborhood. He wants you to march around you, putting fear in your heart. He used to haunt you while you were trying to fall asleep at night. He stalked your children. He caused you to fear every waking day, every waking moment, thinking that something somehow, somewhere was going to go awry. The enemy, the adversary. But but you start putting the milk of the word. Just the basics, just the basics. You don't have to understand all the intricacies of what the priest wore in the temple and in the tabernacle that'd be great but but that's not the milk of the word the milk of the word is he's holy the milk of the word is he saved me to the uttermost the milk my glory that milk of the word will make your enemy groggy do you know the bible also refers to the word of God as a as a hammer hallelujah Jeremiah 23 29 is not my word like a fire saith the Lord and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces my Lord have mercy folks it's time to let the word of God become everything the Bible describes it to be Milk to make your enemy groggy and a hammer to nail that sucker to the ground. You hear what I'm telling? Look at your neighbor say, it's hammer time. Hallelujah. It's time to let the word of God. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's time to get the word of God out and start nailing some things down in your life. Come on, stop wobbling around. Stop being wishy-washy. If the word says it, stand on it. Stop being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and nail that thing to the ground. Ah, Lord, have mercy. 
how many times does this book have to call us to holiness before we say, all right, I'm going to be holy before the Lord my God. Don't be wishy-washy about it. Nail it down. How many times does this book have to say, seek me before you seek him? Don't wobble. Don't be tossed to and fro. Get the hammer out and nail it down. Nail it down. Nail it down. That adversary of inconsistency, I'm nailing you down. I'm nailing you down. That adversary of condemnation, I'm nailing you down. I'm nailing you down. I'm putting a nail in the sure place. I'm letting the word be a hammer in my life. The devil has wreaked havoc on you too long. The devil has wreaked havoc on your marriage too long. The devil has wreaked havoc in your home too long. The devil has robbed you of peace in your mind too long. Put milk on it. Put milk on it. Put milk on it. Hallelujah. I don't have to have a THD to use the milk of the word. Hallelujah. I know what to do when worry tries to plant itself in my mind. I'm going to the altar down on my knees and I'm going to stay there until the victory comes. My Lord. I put enough milk on that thing and he gets groggy. Starts to stumble around. And it'll eventually fall. And when it falls asleep, see the milk of the word will lull your enemy to sleep. Just keep putting milk on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember when I was a child. Repent. My God. What a word. Do you know that's still one of the most powerful words I could speak to anybody right now? I don't know what you're up against, but it, this works for everything. Repent. It's simple. It's milk. It's basic. Repent. 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 What are you up against? Oh, don't tell me. Just repent. What are you, what are you faith? Oh, no, no, no. Just repent. I don't, you know what? We can solve a lot of counseling right now. Repent. 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 It's basic. It's simple. It's milk. And it's making your enemy groggy. And he'll stumble into a slumber. And that's when you let the word of God be like a hammer. Grab that nail and nail it down. You know where I'm going to be this a week from today? You know I'm going to be a week from today? On Sunday morning, because it's Father's Day, we won't have Sunday night. But Sunday morning, I'm going to be here. You want to know why? Because I nailed it down in my life. It's simple. It's basic. But I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be attending church with you, my people, my, my people, my friends, my family. Come on, you and I, we're people together. We're in this thing together. I've nailed that down. I, you don't have to convince me. You don't have to, you don't have to send me a reminder. You don't have to invite me. I'll be here in the house of the Lord because I've nailed it down. 
As I go to bed tonight, I'm going to be praying unto God. Calling on his name. You want to know why? Because I nailed it down. When I wake up in the morning, the first words out of my mouth are going to be, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, and I praise your name, holy God, my Savior, my King. You want to know why? Because I've nailed it down. I'm going to kill the enemy in my life. I'm going to destroy the adversary in my life. Come on, somebody, lift your hands right now in the holy presence of God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands unto him right now. Glory to God. Come on, somebody, lift him up. Lift him up. Praise his name. Praise his name. Come on, we're gonna let's go back to the milk for a little while. Come on, praise him like you used to praise him. Praise him like you used to praise him. Woo! Come on, praise him like you used to praise him. Come on, I don't know what you got in the house. You may not have the greatest, latest weapons. Your weapons may not match up to what your enemy's weapons look like. You don't need weapons of their warfare. If you got a little milk in the fridge and a little hammer in the garage and a nail in the drawer, that's all you need. That's all you need. Come on, somebody. You've got some stuff you know to be doing, but you haven't nailed it down. It's time to nail it down. It's time to nail it down. Oh, Shandala Bahia. Come on, stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. Some of you have been wishy-washy on praise and worship. It's time to nail that down. Hallelujah. My God. My God. Hallelujah. 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 Can I ask you something? Have any of y'all ever seen me in church before? This is what I do in church. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you. I don't do that because I'm the pastor. I do that because he's my king. Listen, I'm not not even doing that to try to lead by example. I'm doing that because he's my king. I've nailed that down. I nailed it down. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my worship. This dance is because he has given me the victory. He has given me the victory. He's worthy of my praise.
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Woo. Come on, somebody. Bring that milk out. Bring that. There you go. There you go. There you go. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Woo. This is how I fight my battle. Springing up into everlasting life! 